Hello, hello. You're listening to The Stew. My name is Jason Stewart. This is my food podcast. Um, this is uh, our first episode where we've we've uh, said goodbye to our friend Chris Chang. <laughs> uh, Chris, my good friend, was the co-host on the show for the last dozen or so episodes. But uh, we, we, we agreed that it, wasn't, it was maybe not the right fit. We're still very good friends. I love him to death, but... The uh, the we, you know we wanted to go a different direction. Maybe we'll have him record the theme song on his guitar. Who knows? But uh, Chris, we love you, and we're going to we've jettisoned you, <laughs> as they say. Um, that's what they say, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Not to say that this was a sinking ship. Yeah, he <laughs> did not get a burial at sea. <laughs> it's see you next time. It was soaring, it. but we're we're soaring in a, just a different direction. That's all. We're clear for takeoff. <laughs> Um, so now joining me on a normal basis to my left is my brother Chris. Hello, aka Stu. Stu, it's just apropos. Stu Stewart. Mm-hmm. Um, two last names. Yeah, <laughs> double up. And then uh, to my right, Andre Conaparo, who's been on the show before. Hello. These guys are. Um, these guys are the. It's going to be us now. What? We have an all-white team. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and we have one guest today, our old also friend right. Michael David. Say hello from the band Classics. Hey guys, hello. They're from Los Angeles. Welcome. They've they've done my other podcast, Tall Tales, a few times before. Yeah. He oh, yeah. Michael is a is a pod fanatic. He's yeah. uh, you know he's constantly traveling on tour, dog walking, you know, yeah. doing the dishes. So he's listening to a lot of pods. <laughs> I am. Yeah, it's true. So. Uh, I'm a fan. Can he, you make hits while listening to a podcast? Is that you can do that? What'd you say? Can you make music while listening to a podcast? I don't know if you can. I'd like to know. I'd like one of I've you guys tried could to do that. I Have think you? I've yeah. done it before, but I've found that I won't. I don't listen to or I don't pay attention to what people are saying on the podcast. Right. I'm paying attention to my sick beats. Good. So like I'll I'll have listened to 45 minutes of a podcast and I didn't even yeah, absorb it. It's hard to passively listen. To a podcast, I think. Yeah, it's like when you fall asleep to watching a Netflix, and you wake up, and you're like, "Ugh, what? Oh, she gets raped! Oh my god!" And then you have to start over, and then and then you're just done with it. You're like, into the trash can. But um, but Michael, and also our other friend and listener, his name is uh, Adam Villison. He suggested, oh. you know, Adam. Yeah, from, yeah, I do. Yeah, good, good. He's a good guy. He. Uh, he suggested that every episode we should have a theme because uh, those are some of his favorite episodes of The Stew. So right. we're, we're going to run with that theme-having theme. <laughs> so this theme is kind of like uh, ask, ask, a, ask, a, ask a noob question. If you're an amateur, amateur chef, you are aspiring to cook more, you are trying to get into it more, you don't know exactly what to do, we're going to discuss that, talk about the basics, the right directions, all the, you know, hopefully you will save some wasted time and money buying stuff that you don't need, learning techniques that are not what you should be learning, et cetera, et cetera. Impress your loved ones. Avoid trips to the ER. Impress your loved ones and avoid yeah. trips to the ER. And we also have some other weird questions, too. We can, we can get loose with some other things. Mm. I've got a couple of just topics just to, just to warm up the juice. Yeah. Mm. This beer is helping. Yeah, this beer is fantastic. Let's go. It's stewing. Mm. <laughs> that's that's what you're gonna. That's gonna be wow. with the segment every time. Is the drop just gonna be uh, 
boiling water. <laughs> hey guys, let's get it stewing. <laughs> <laughs> or, or like a, a stove igniting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, let's get this conversation okay. stewing. Right back at it. Uh, I've been experimenting with crockpot oatmeal ever mm-hmm. since Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> that's also prot meal sentence. can be made what in the crockpot. Prot meal. Prot meal. Yeah. What's prot meal? The complete pre-workout breakfast. Is that high protein? Yeah, you just add you just add protein it's powder just, to oatmeal, <laughs> and that's it. It's, it's just really prot and water. It's not that complicated. How many prots do you put in though? Couple scoops. So you, <laughs> two scoops. Okay, so this is protein powder. Yeah, like if you're taking a protein powder supplement, and you're like, I don't want to drink it. I want to eat it with a spoon, <laughs> well, like like a gruel. I think it comes from like a workout training situation. Quite possibly something that you would buy late night TV in oh. that kind of in, in that kind of menu guide. How, how does heating it in a crock pot? Well, you just kind of, what you, I think what you do is you add like some almonds, some fresh fruit or some dried oh, fruit, a okay. couple scoops of protein powder, and then make that with the oatmeal in the crock pot. Make a scoop of that in a cup before oh. the gym in the morning, and you basically got everything you need for like the next six hours. I tried that. You tried that? <laughs> yeah. Don't think so. But no, here's you what tried happened. To pro- I tried to add protein powder to an oatmeal, and I think so- something was out of order, and it turned into like an omelet. Like, <laughs> well, no, it's like You're welcome. the the, uh, the protein powder turned gelatinous instead huh. of instead of sort of. Uh, Disintegrating or being absorbed, so mm-hmm. you were left with a dense flapjack. Yeah, it was. I mean, I obviously messed up. Was it, no, no, no. But, you may not have messed up, but also like protein powders. You can get a really clean protein okay. powder, or right. you can get a really synthetic, gross, with lots of sucrose added. That might have been could the completely problem. Depend on the okay. protein powder. Yeah, what was too. the base? Is it a whey protein? Uh, it Are might we talking been. hemp here? It might yeah. have been. What's up, hemp? Whey? Whey? Codfish oil? Real hemp man. Yeah, where where should I get protein powder? Honest to God, Amazon. Onit.com. Yeah. Where's yeah. our sponsor? Really? No, I'm just kidding. For sure. <laughs> okay. Amazon. GNC. If, you're, if I was living back home, we're from Orange County, I would say go to this place called Mother's Market. Yeah. Other than that, everything is super expensive, and you might as well just go to Amazon. Got it. Yeah. Or Whole Foods. Whole Foods is cool, but it's too expensive. And Amazon's I should look cheaper. out for whey uh, or hemp? Hemp. I okay. always like hemp. It's just nutty. It goes with everything. And Got it's, it. It's um, certainly more neutral. Yeah. And it's a, it's a really. I had nice a I had a con- my oatmeal has a congealed like texture okay. as well. You get I think you get that naturally from from doing the slow cooker. How do you so when you if you like because when you do the slow cooker you I put I put a cup of oats, cup of water, cup of almond milk, and a cup of flo- frozen blueberries. Yeah, yeah, and then just let that cruise, and then it turned into like after five hours, it was like this purple. Awesome. Mush. Yeah, but but know, then when you re you reheat you it, re-hydrate it and then it kind of exactly. adds a little bit more water and stir it up and then it gets back to normal. But it's cool because the whole entire thing looks blue and purple and it's infused with the blueberry flavor. Yeah. So what he did was. Normal. But there's there's a concept to it in the sense <laughs> that like you're life. not making a single dish of really nice steel cut oats, right? Yeah. You're making something for the week that's going to sit in the fridge. It's not something that you would make to impress somebody with, but it's really convenient and it works really well. Just something to fuel the temple. But if you were trying to serve. Like at some farmers market, fresh fruit yeah. with a glaze over to impress somebody for breakfast. Mm. You're not going to bust out the prot meal from four days ago from the crock pot. Yeah, like, the, I feel like the prot meal instead of eating it out of a bowl with a spoon, 
you should just put it into a Ziploc bag and then <laughs> and then when you are when you're on the way to work, you just snip the end of it yep. with a scissor and then just squirt it gogurt style into your mouth while you're stuck in traffic. You just just for it. full oh, like God. depression level. You just get your trainer to shoot it from a t shirt gun into your mouth <laughs> before your workout. Just just rub it and smear it around my mouth and nose area. <laughs> Some of it'll get in. I see you just start Stocking up on Slurpee straws from 7-Eleven. It's a big fatties and then well, boom, you know, suck them down. When we were at Restaurant Boba Depot, straws. you can buy mm-hmm. boba straws. Oh, yeah, yeah. bubble drink. Oh, at Restaurant Depot? Yeah, but you don't want like 500 of them, so you can just get a <laughs> uh, Slurpee straw from hey, 7-Eleven. I plan on living a long time, brother. You're going to need a lot of pro-meal. <laughs> I'm going to go. You don't reuse straws. That's nasty. They're made of plastic. <laughs> yeah, but you know how I like to chew. You don't boil them to clean them. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, listeners, if you have any ideas of a good way to... Do a long, long form oatmeal mm-hmm. that doesn't turn into a gelatinous blob. Haul at your boy. Send it in. Honestly, I don't think oatmeal takes very long. I just make a single serving bowl of oatmeal. It's not that hard. You know what? Yeah, You're no, a no, real no. I mean, dick. That doesn't take very I feel long. A, yeah, a strong case for that. But <laughs> I don't know. There is something really nice about like if you're trying to work out early in the morning before work or something. Yeah. When you're piling out at like six thirty, and you just like scoop something really fast, and, and that's yeah, right. even though oatmeal doesn't take that long, it still takes ten minutes. Yeah, start to finish. You have to watch it, stir it. And this is our just just run to the mouth, boom. You're at the gym. Okay. bag, boba straw. Uh, do you know how many ready. squats you can do in ten minutes? <laughs> Me, infinite. Infinite, infinite squats? squats? Infinite ten squats. Minutes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Strong lower uh, body. You have a, you do have a good core. I have a good core. Um, it's shot. But you know what I've been doing in a little four-ounce tumbler in the morning? <laughs> if, if what have you been putting in that four-ounce tumbler? Well, I'd well, be, be rolling out of bed every once in a while, and i just go straight to work. And okay. drop so you're on the go, too. I'm on the go. But um, I just... Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I picked the. I'd actually been doing the raw egg, uh, mm. but with a splash of orange juice and shooting that every day at work. What? What? Are you a fisherman? Yeah. Are you? Are you? Is there vodka at the bottom you, of it as well? Are you training for Gin. a boxing tournament in the seventies? Yeah. Yeah. The, I remember, just think of Rocky. Yeah. I mean, or I just the, wanted the to whistle cocktail. the Rocky theme song yeah. just now. Right. But let me tell you, it feels great. It's a total eye opener. It's better than coffee. Whoa. Do you punch whole sides of beef on your break? With my head. There you go. <laughs> okay, so you get a four-ounce tumbler. I mean, there's not a lot of this. You put it in the thing and you swallow it. That's and you, it. you just crack a raw egg in there. Yeah. Cold. Do you uh, let it come up to room temp a little bit? I, I, I like to hold it in my hand and get it up to room temp. It's a little bit smoother. You cradle it like it was your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like if to... You incubate the egg yeah, back much... to body temp. Exactly. How long does that take? Ten minutes? Nuts. <laughs> I have hot hands. I, would, I like to picture you going throughout your morning routine while still cupping the egg the whole time, brushing your teeth, trying to put your pants on. No, I do this at work. My pants are on. I have teeth. Have been What's brushed. invigorating about it besides just the rush of swallowing? Just Almost exclusively rush. the rush. That, no, it's like instant protein. Okay. There's a little bit of orange juice in it. The first time I did it, I, I started working in a, a day one of a coffee shop, and there's a, a cook, and it's 5.30 in the morning, and he gave me this look like, you down? It's like down for what? And he's like to eat this raw egg. It's like, God, you know, day one, he's pretty big. I got to impress him. Like the sure. first day on the yard, first day on the <laughs> yard. But he put a little splash of orange juice, and that's all it takes because you taste nothing but orange juice. So right. it's totally fine. The only right. thing that's tricky is that we have good eggs at a restaurant, so it's a gigantic yolk. So it's like physiologically, yeah. it's difficult to swallow. <laughs> a little Tropicana it's helps the pill go down. So, <laughs> yeah, it does. Ugh. So I, I actually I crack the yolk a little bit and stir it so it doesn't just like I've almost 
gagged it up. How much <laughs> orange juice, how many ounces do you put into your four-ounce tumbler? Half an ounce. Mm, it's light. just a splash, yeah. So that is interesting. It's fantastic. Well, I have a friend who wow. swears by raw eggs, too. Mm-hmm. And I guess there's, you know, there's the big scare about raw eggs is salmonella poisoning, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But a lot of that comes from <clears throat> factory farming of eggs and what surrounds that process. And also... You're not getting bomb-ass eggs. Whatever's going on outside, like 99% of the contamination from eggs happens from outside the shell. So you want farm-fresh eggs, and you want to wash and scrub the outside of the... Eggshell. That's what I'm doing with my hands when I'm warming it. Well, that doesn't sound scientific. (laughs) I think you might get the egg dirtier. I'm also doing that. But if you clean that and get kind of any like the fecal matter off of it, that's what's going to keep any of the contamination out from when you're cracking a raw egg and eating it raw. All right. So if you plan on eating those huevos raw dog, as soon as you get (laughs) as soon as you get home. Give it a dunk. Scrub those eggs. Like a bleach wash? That's no, like that. Would be good. Definitely not. How long in the bleach do you do it for? <laughs> How much ammonia to bleach do you use? All right, I'm going to try this out, Stewie. I have simple grain. It works great. I don't have any yeah, orange yeah, juice, though. Yeah, any of that. Hmm? Or I don't have any orange juice, so I'm going to have to go beer. <laughs> now you're talking sailor talk. I would at least use gin. I just do a little squirt of Worcestershire. <laughs> that would work. Two catch Cointreau. Yeah. One catch Worcestershire. Yeah, just a little sarsaparilla and, uh, and, and a couple eggs, lightly scrambled. Or Cholula. So, or Cholula would be good. Mm-hmm. Um, there you go. We just we just passed the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Fifty. Forty nine. Was bummed on my wings. Forty nine. That was forty nine. What? What? Well, Michael, What's what did up? you what did you cook for the Super Bowl? <clears throat> I actually just I attended a Super Bowl party. Oh come on! I think, but uh, but I have to say, uh, the the person who uh, hosted the party I don't think is a listener. But all of the food was atrocious. <laughs> uh, it, it's like it's Ooh. like it was like That's what um, I like, to hear, buddy. like artichoke dip, but like made uh, in an oven. But like, what? But no, no. It's like it. it was, that's not. It that's was, not unusual. No, no. It was gross. It was so <laughs> gross. I mean, I just think I Actually, think Super Bowl food is pretty nasty for the most part. Like as what's commonly known as right. Super Bowl fare. That's that for the most part is pretty. Yeah, tough. yeah. No, I mean, I'm sure it was different in your uh, scenario, but like it was kind I was of different. disgusted at mine. It's <laughs> 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 a bummer. What were you hoping I know, for? It's funny. I was particularly upset about it. I was Caviar like, and martinis? Filth. Uh, Where's the cafe I mean, gratitude? I mean, even just like, you know, I feel like guacamole is pretty good. You know, like, guacamole just is great. do that. The Stew Brothers I'm make an that. amazing guacamole. Thank you. That's all I really want is, is, yeah, that's, is that's some it. chips and yeah. some dips. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> some um, chips and some dips. All I want is some chips and just some dips. I watch a lot of sports, and I can assure you I just want something that will last all four quarters or th- three periods, and it's chips and dip. It'll go the whole way. What else did you guys do? What about do? popcorn? Peacorn's good. That sounds cool. Mm-hmm. I, made, I made dip. What kind? Amazing. What a coincidence. I made a four onion dip. Damn. Big hit. Big hit at the house. It wow. Was, it was a wild dip. It, um, How does that work? Like, uh, yeah, four different kind of onions. Yellow, yeah. yellow onion and white onion. Uh-huh. Or yellow onion and a red onion. Yeah. Uh, caramelized down for like an hour, hour and a half. So it's like a 
Super jelly. dark brown paste. Yeah. yeah. Like, a, like a jelly. Is that like what they would do at the father's office burger? But that they put on yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Not, not unlike that, yeah. Like okay. that super dark caramelized onion jam kind right. of thing. Yeah. yeah, just like that. But like a whole bunch of it. Um, and then fried shallots and then fresh chives. And then all of that mixed in with some sour cream and Worcestershire wow. and some lemon juice. And then you let it sit overnight. You said fried shallots, right? Yeah. Because so that was, that's like cherry on top. Because mm-hmm. you, you want to have the burnt flavor a little uh, bit with the with so the creamy good. white. Wow. Yeah. And sumac, right? No sumac. You didn't hit it? Okay. No, I kept it Caucasian and, and American over here. Sumac uh, Moroccan? It's, it's Moroccan and Middle okay. Eastern. Yeah, yeah. It's like a... To the Google it's machine. A hot, to the Google machine, it's but a, it's a trendy brown powder. It's Got hard it. to get something in Israel without sumac sprinkled on top. Yeah, it's like, it's like if okay. you ever get hummus and you see like dark yeah, brown that, speckles okay. on yeah, top. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's sumac. Okay. It's like a super kind of lemony. Yeah, it's bitter, more, slightly bright, citrusy kind Lebanese of. Lebanese spots have it. Yeah, Lebanese. Okay, um, that makes sense. Yeah, I just wanted to keep it simple with a little dip. That sounded. That sounds awesome. That's good. Yeah, because onion dip is my fave dip from uh-huh. when I was a kid, but it's just sure. a powder. Yeah, what is that stuff? Yeah. I know I what mean, you're talking about. It, uh, the powder is like one of the best quick fixes. It's great. Though. It's not uh-huh. what you made was much better, but I have to say, if you've got something processed and powdered. Yeah, there's a thing. It's, it's hard because when you have a dish like an onion dip where you... It's really good. It's just like this stupid powder that you get for 50 cents at the supermarket. You put it in a tub of sour cream. Yeah. You stir it around, put the lid on, it's put it in the fridge fly. for an hour. It's good, and it's also very nostalgic. Yeah. So it's kind of like when you go to like a fancy restaurant, and they make, like, here's our version of the Big Mac. Uh-huh. And you eat it, and you're like, I kind of wish I had had a <laughs> shitty 99-cent Big Mac from McDonald's Got more it. so. Right or like I tried to remake the Del Taco chicken soft taco with I was yeah was super amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. ingredients and we're it's like not as good not as good as the Del Taco version of it but this was successful did much better I feel like that if you're gonna awesome. do something like that it has to be such a home run to right. the point where people are like ooh because <laughs> otherwise had, it's like mm, wish I had the powder well it's like you you what do you called it like a four onion dip mm-hmm. but it was you got sweetness from the red and the yellow. And mm-hmm. then you got some of that like nice onion char from the shallots. Like there were layers mm-hmm. of different onion flavors throughout, and it was like really complex and simple at the same time. Mm-hmm. It was great. Mm-hmm. It was definitely better than store bought, as opposed to like yes. if you try and make your own ranch Doritos, you, you're going to need to get ranch <laughs> Doritos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, making your own. I've I've always wanted to make my own Cheetos. No, yeah, it won't happen. It's never going to be. Will not be. Why? Well, Why would you do that? <laughs> Because Cheetos are low-key my favorite snack food. Like Flamin' Hot or regular? Regular, crunchy, not a puff. Not a puff. Right. No yeah. puff. No right. puff. But, but definitely not Flamin' Hot. Not Flamin' Hot. I'm not... I'm missing out. I don't hate the Flamin' Hot, but I like... I don't... I, pr- I prefer the regular crunchy. Why are you shaking head, dog? I just never like um, foods, especially snack foods, that dye my fingers. Well, what about pirate booty? They don't dye my fingers. But you're okay with it? They're not bad. They're a little bland. They're a little bland. I'm more of a what's the other one? The the corn Annie's? Fritos? No, the ones that, that are analogous to pirate booty that mom used to get. Oh. Um Shout out mom. Hi mom. There's the pirates booty and then there's the Ooh. Tings. 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 Tings are what just What about great. them? Tings, Tings where it has mom. the Rastafarian white guy on it. Yes. Yeah, I just don't and like it says 
Give me some of them things. <laughs> it does say give me some of them things. And I still have that T-shirt. That's right, yes, Doc. That was from Joey, right? Yeah. It's in my closet right now. Shout on out to Joey Reichen. It's this tie-dye T-shirt. And on the front, it says, in giant letters, it takes up the whole shirt. It says, hey, H-E-Y. And then underneath it, it says, M-O-N. Hey, Mon. Yeah. Hey, Mon. And then on the Thanks back, for that out. Yeah. written in like a super like Grateful Dead hippie font, it says, give me some damn things. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I feel like that shirt is like, should be in a museum. Christ yes. Like. He, that was, Joey was making those shirts, and he had a whole amazing line of them. That was like probably the best one, but they were all fantastic. And they were on sale at, what's it called, on Melrose for a while. Really? The Santa Monica too. Wasteland? No, 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 the, the higher-end one. Me. Vivian Westwood? No, that would be amazing. <laughs> Mark Jacobs. Uh, I just don't like... You don't like the same thing? Well, of Asian people things. Ah. eat Cheetos with chopsticks. That's so How do you feel strange. about that, Stuart? That's the thing. Now my tongue's going to get all discolored. But see, now it's getting... I don't mind a beat that'll change the color of my skin and, and, and natural, tangible Maybe foods, a saffron? But those things are just so gross and chemical. Well, they're not, they're not like, food, right? <laughs> they're, not, they're like a treat in the way that yeah. like, you would eat. Sometimes you baby deserves a like, treat, Stewie. Yeah, seriously. But I, I get you. There's not a lot of things that process that I like, but I, f- I do feel a flaming Hot Cheeto once in a while. I just don't think that tastes that good. I never like the taste of Doritos or Cheetos. It's all so MSG, I man. With it. Yeah. I mean, I if fuck you, with MSG. If you can't jump on a Dorito, you're, we're going to have to leave you behind in this conversation. <laughs> Knockers, I'll just Google some stuff in the meantime. That's, That's fine. I'm just yeah, going to be over I'm here Googling. Yeah. Um, I'll just throw shade. <clears throat> what do you guys have? I've, I've been fighting a cold all week. As I'm drinking beer and eating breads, but uh, what what do you guys like for a, a cold remedy? Natural. Swallowing raw garlic. Drinking drinking beer and eating bread. Yeah. <laughs> you do the raw garlic swallow. Yeah, instantly swallow raw garlic. Um, whole hot a water, whole lemon. clove or a clove? Yeah, whole clove. Chop it up. Uh, I'll chop it up. It's actually not that bad if you put it at the bottom of, of a little glass of water. It helps. Yeah, yeah. Um, whole clove of garlic. Just ginger tea after ginger tea yeah, after yeah, ginger yeah. tea, tons that. of cayenne. We, honey. <laughs> Jason oh, honey. did a little uh, oregano oil shooter. That kind of <laughs> that shook him up for a little bit, but that does the trick. I did another one today. It was fun. Another, that's good. You're getting there. See, you've got to build up a tolerance. No, it's because the oil hit me in the back of the throat in mm-hmm. like, the special spot, and it couldn't and it couldn't scrub it out. Yeah, it just hung there. <laughs> yeah. Have you, if you have you ever had oregano oil? No. It's like it's uh, it's probably. The level, like a bleach level of pain. Really? Like you, you're not supposed to have it touch your skin. Mm, right. Yeah. It can, because it can like fuck you up. But when you get like a face melter shot at mm. Nature Well or something mm-hmm. like that with like the cayenne and the ginger. Wait, I've put, had that. They put like two drops of it in there. Oh, okay. okay. I've had the it part in that there. burns the hell out of your mouth is the oil of oregano. Oh, wow. It's like super concentrated high octane oil, brother. <laughs> it's because, but a little bit of it got stuck in the roof of my mouth and it was, I felt like, like jumping out of a window and lighting really? myself on fire. Wow. I was like, nah. like ghost pepper biting into like a but bird's eye chili. It, it was weird. Burn? It wasn't a spice. It wasn't. It's it's so hard to explain. Like it wasn't it, hot. It, it wasn't it burning. Feel, it feels like it's burning. It's like it was, a chemical burn. Not like yeah. It was more exactly. like it was more like a chemical burn than a food burn. So, anyways, give it's it terrifying. a shot. Rub yeah, it in your sounds eyes. Sounds great. <laughs> Highly recommended for everybody. Throat, it's fine. Just dab a little bit on the top of your, the roof of your mouth before you. Where do you where do you get oil of oregano? 
Um, you can get it like stores, tri- yeah. uh, health okay. food stores, Whole right. Foods and stuff like that. Amazon.com. A good okay. co-op. Yeah, I've, we'll have it. Yeah, Mother's Market. It. Mother's Just market. wherever you find any of your essential oils. <laughs> okay. Also, also, I gotta say, elderberry extract is great. <laughs> Really? I like that oh, you yeah. just dropped a bomb on us. Right elderberry? Like, you didn't hey. hear this from me, but uh, um, elderberry extract. <laughs> and uh, grapefruit seed extract. And that is a vile, vile grapefruit, grapefruit seed, extract? Seed, seed extract. extract. I think I've made you drink it before, Jason. And that's just for clearing. That'll fight any old, anything. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Won the war for us. <laughs> <laughs> Try biting into a grapefruit seed. Whoa. <laughs> and then see what happens. Not challenge not, accepted. It is disgusting. Right. It hurt. It just. It, really. It's like a you, you involuntary. <laughs> it taste super. Feels like your like your face got shocked. It's like having a warhead. Oh. It is like having a warhead. <laughs> Can you do the face one more time? <laughs> <laughs> you videotape this pod. No. Man, but it works. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna try that. I Am feel I- like cold remedies soups, lots yeah, of soup, chicken it's, stock, it's good. something with like lots of. Kind of like root, easily digestible root things. vegetables with a nice like whole chicken and then shredded, thrown back in the soup, and let that. And let's eat that for three we'll days. Put that in Something between hot. tortilla, some melted cheese, sour <laughs> cream. Just, just, yeah, just crunch some burritos <laughs> on <laughs> top. Nice, yeah. like a like a cold busting chicken quesadilla. Uh, <laughs> it's good to build the mucus up when you have a cold to to fight the old mucus. Yeah, old you got. Yeah. It's like a race uh-huh. war for mucus. You just gotta start it in your body. I would just start watching the wire. Too. But I will say, I try to stay away from like a lot of over-the-counter stuff. But if I need a shot of Nyquil just to get a good night's sleep, I will hit that. Or a Tylenol oh, PM. I always do I mean, Nyquil. I will. I will do that when I need it. I, I, I do I not shy away. Just, just, just uh, out of sheer entertainment. Yeah, Nyquil's tight. Nyquil is the best Nyquil thing of all time. Very tight. Looking for sponsors, Nightfall. Yeah, I'll take a <laughs> yeah, pallet because when you're sick and you're laying in bed and you're like, it's eight o'clock right now. I'm not going to do anything tonight. <laughs> yeah. I've already been watching TV all day like a yeah. piece of shit. Yeah. yeah, I just want to, this whole thing to be over with soon. So you just chug that quill. Mm, it works, and then you wake up and then you're like, you forget. Maybe what, I do want to go out tonight. Yeah, what, about two in the morning, you wake up, no. slam some tussin, and then bam, you got tussin in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's I've definitely so done nights where. Red Bull. I mean, sorry, Nyquil. <laughs> that would be a bad thing to mix up when you. <laughs> That's how I went into the ER for the first time. Yeah. But where, like, if I, if all my friends are going out and they're like, "Dude, you gotta come, you gotta come," and I was sick, I would just go and nurse a bottle of Nyquil all night, and just slowly kind of keep partying and getting a little lightheaded and get a little woozy. And then when I hit the mark, when it's like, "All right, sleepy time," then I just go home and go to sleep. Wow, it's good. The student, I, I don't advocate that. First thing, I don't. First thing, I'm not. Sometimes you gotta hit the streets, Stewie. And also, it's fun. Yeah. It's funny. I hit the streets all the time. One time, I did a Z. I street. did a Z Quill. Z Quill in the smoothie. Whoa, man! We're it listening. Was, it was. Uh, it was based off of this. I did this graphic design for the smoothie at the Oinkster called Peaches and Lean. Oh uh, yeah. For uh, for this guy Shlomo, who's like a producer guy here in LA, he had like a shake of the month, and it was called Peaches and Lean, based off of like the peaches and cream. But Lean is commonly known as promethazine cough syrup, if you didn't know. So I made everybody knows. Not everybody. I'm teasing. Mom you never doesn't know. know. Mom doesn't know. You gotta I'm... lay it out. Um, 
so I was like, peaches and lean. The milkshake obviously doesn't have cough syrup in it because that would be illegal and expensive. So I was like, I'll just do it myself at home with Z-Quil, which is over-the-counter lean. Yeah. But it was just some fresh uh, farmer's market peaches. <laughs> brought them. <laughs> <laughs> I made sure to bring them up to the optimal. I'm not joking either. Perfect ripeness. I know. No, I'm liking this. And I'm then... Step one, farmer's market peaches. little almond milk, uh-huh. a few blueberries, and then maybe four ounces of Z-Quil and some ice cubes. <laughs> Damn. What time of day did you... I drank it at night. It? I drank it as my dinner. It was like a sensible meal. It was just, <laughs> a, just a base for the night to start? I drank it as my dinner, and I was like... I Because ha- I was just so curious to uh, eat. And also Z-Quil, it's much easier to drink than NyQuil. If you haven't had it, Zequil is just. Yeah, yeah I've tried I don't it. know the difference. Zequil is just Nyquil with no medicinal qualities. It's just, just a sleep sleepy aid. stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's it's literally hence the Z. Yes. Got it. So it's much less viscous. I never thought of it's that. a lot. It's a lot more thin. It's a little bit sweeter, and it doesn't have like that kind of gnarly burn. Anti-congestant. Yeah. And, so or it's, decongestant it's just like and kind of like drinking Capri Sun or something like. It's just like a kind of a thicker. Fruit juice that makes you sleepy time. You got any now, Holden Caulfield? I don't on? have any now, but right. Mama right. wants a sip. Mm. But it tasted delicious, and I had a great sleep. And also, when you have just a, a light smoothie for dinner, it's great for the bod. Yeah, I, that sounds cool. You know, they say have a big, big breakfast and a small dinner. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Hmm. I could never do that though. Do you guys? Are you guys good at doing that? I mean, I I'm just, the opposite. I, just, I have a yeah. small breakfast, medium lunch. Big dinners usually how I cannot do cannot handle big dinners. Do not sleep well on big dinners. Do not wake up feeling good in the morning on big dinners. You have your nightmares. <laughs> I, get, I get the terrors <laughs> with a big dinner. You get the vapors. I get the vapors. No, I'm not. Your girlfriend into, gets the I mean, vapors. Am I right? <laughs> I love a big dinner, but I, there's not. I don't feel great. Big dinners, love them. <laughs> I'm shockingly unregimented. Whatever, yeah. whatever happens, it's happens. It's just different all the time. I'm a yeah. Uh, catch yeah. is catch can. It just happens. Wherever yeah. Stewie can you know, grab a nut. Like, yeah, I, I, honestly, most of my breakfasts are it's just a banana out the dough. We know what you have for <laughs> yeah. breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. Is the yeah. difference? You put an egg into a four ounce tumbler yeah, yeah, and yeah, half an ounce mm-hmm. of orange juice. Is a big breakfast two eggs in that four ounce tumbler? <laughs> Ooh, I do that two times. Sometimes I like a big breakfast. I'll do half a dozen. But that's different. <laughs> if if you wake up and you have to work and be physical, it's hard to have that much food you have to like really pace mm-hmm. yourself like when i used to cook i would just eat bananas all day long because it would just this the sustained because if i ate a sandwich i would like come back i'd come back to work and i'd be like a monkey Gutted. i'd, I'd yeah, be yeah. useless so right. oh so, so how I, many how what's the most what are the what's the most bananas you ate in one day oh, when you're working like on the line seven probably because Flora used to not... That doesn't sound like a good idea. Well, like, you've never worked 12 hours straight cooking. I could. I mean, I could do it, but... Or maybe you have, I don't Seven know. bananas in one day. Dude. And you have the body of a... Bam! Look at, I mean, for our listeners at home, Stewie's a svelte senor. Yeah. I'm about 55. I feel like the kind of person who What's eats... bananas? That's really, a, that's really a, like a thing that only super fit people or super fat people unhealthy people would do is eat seven bananas. Did I run hot and I just I I I <laughs> We know. 
Yeah, yeah I do. Thank <laughs> you. It went, I used to cook at a restaurant that didn't have air conditioning. Yeah. It was so hot there. You look good. Or good ventilation. I bet the calories just melted off. Yeah, it was, that was, I was, I lived off Tecate and, and bananas. <laughs> I was ripped. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> yeah. So. How long were you a federale? <laughs> How long were you? Who were you in the uh, the Baja Navy? Honestly, were you I, Poncho or Lefty? I was definitely Lefty, but I, I like, we lived off bananas and tecate <laughs> for many months. It worked. I was very happy. I was just tearing Echo Park up. Um, That's great. I sure was. Uh, but I, it all stopped as soon as we got AC. The I banana, got, I'll I put say, on probably ten pounds once we got AC. In real talk. <laughs> ten pounds of fat. I lost my muscle. So. Mm-hmm. In air conditioning installed, working conditions are up to uh, standards. Yeah, you put on your you put on, on your air conditioner ten, as they say. Mm-hmm. Yep, I probably worked harder and more efficient when I was when I was hot, 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 hot. Would you say so the uh, the banana is the churro, nature's churro? Si se puede. All right, Michael. So um, we're warmed up. I feel like that we so we've we've uh, we should get into the world of covering some questions for yeah. the uh, well, I have a, yeah the, the amateur questions. aspiring chef may want to know. Okay, <clears throat> can you define the word gamey? Like what that means when it when people use it descriptively? Michael David coming out the bat with a great question, like, excellent question, like our own personal. Well, I just I don't know how to use it exactly. I mean, the thing that comes to my mind is if you can taste like iron in something. That's but pretty I good. Yeah, that's, that's good. Exactly yeah, that's actually right. that's true. That's good. Yeah, I, I feel like gaminess is not something that you can really define. It's it's like a it's like a feeling that you know, right? Kind of like <laughs> only a surfer knows the feeling. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like like only somebody who's eaten a, a squirrel or something <laughs> really knows. Like, oh, that's gamey. But also, you just mentioned too it, that it is probably used incorrectly so often that it can be confusing too. Right. Because people can mix up things like, you know, when you get fish sauce or kind of that umami that people aren't used to, they'll be like, that's kind of gamey. Like, that's Mm. not, that's the wrong (laughs) profile. But a lot of it, I think, comes from, you know, basically the animal's diet. So when you taste it in venison, buffalo, stuff that's not being fed corn, Mm -hmm. being raised on grass, and especially even more than grass-fed beef, stuff like deer who are going to be hunting all kinds of different flora. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of that flavor profile from those minerals is what's going to be affecting the meat. And also the leanness. You're tasting more, I think, of that of that flavor mm-hmm. profile in the meat. Lots more minerals, less fat, and fat's going to mellow out a lot of the flavor mm-hmm. uh, of that feed. Um, and like, so a corn-fed or, or a farm-fed cow is going to not have that kind of really strong flavor that you're going to get from what it's eating naturally. Well, I mean, the word comes from game. Wild game. Okay, Wild right. Game. So it's like a descriptor. I'm looking this up, by the way. It's not off dumb, not off top. Yeah, um, yeah. And also, so I feel like a, a so. good characteristic of something being gamey is, is it's like it's a it's a very unpredictable flavor. Right. Because like when you get something that's not gamey, like chicken or beef from the beef. from the market, you know what it's supposed to taste like, and it consistently tastes like that. But something gamey, it like hits you off the mark where. You know, whatever animal you're eating, like you said, could have been eating only honeysuckle flowers for the last year, or he could have been eating acorns, or you know, it's like right. it's like a, it's always it's always kind of different, and you never know until you have it. Uh, yeah, I think it's hunted; it's in the wild, so it's 
it's not sedentary, so it's not going to have a lot of fat. Right. So therefore, it's going to be rich and, and heavy, high proteins and irons, and it's going to be dense and tough, and it's not going to be nearly as as rich and. and um, Do you like gaming? I Delicious. I guess the only thing that I could say that uh, was definitively gamey was I had a kangaroo a mm-hmm. couple of times in Australia. And yeah. To me, I was like, I, it was great, but it, I feel like uh, with the wrong preparation, it could be like. Sure. Terrible. Not unlike anything else. I, I think that's the classic mistake of like right. when somebody, if you're in an area of like the hunting's common and you're like, ah, oh, my friend's dad just gave us some cuts from his venison hunt and I'm just going to uh-huh. put it on the barbecue. Right. There's going to be no fat. It's going to taste like leather and it's not going to be, you need to want to do a lot of braising. You want right. to break all those proteins down, yeah. all that sinew. But like if you compare <laughs> a heritage wild turkey completely raised on farm without any feed next to a butterball, Mm-hmm. That's the same bird and completely different flavor profiles, and that's all from feed and or what they're grazing on, can, what they're eating. Is is a heritage turkey nice to eat? It's that's a good question. I mean, I don't even know. It might not. It's a, I've never had. There's two things, right? There's heritage turkeys, but some heritage turkeys are that speaks to the breed. Which uh-huh. can potentially also be raised on Makes corn sense. or feed, but if you have like, I meant more of a heritage turkey in the sense that like a a wild turkey, right? It's not fed anything, just let roaming and then right. butchered and sold. Mm-hmm. That's more the comparison to a butterball where you're going to taste those different flavors. And again, it's going to be a lot leaner, so I think most people aren't going to be used to it. It's smaller, and it's going to be more difficult. It's definitely smaller and more difficult to cook well. You don't have any leeway because there's less fat content. It's going to need a big... big. You're going to have to sous vide that in a garbage bag. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, how about this? I, I feel like most people think gaminess when they... Because most people don't really eat gamey things on a normal basis except for maybe lamb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. lamb is... Everyone knows that as a gamey flavor, but it, often the lamb they're eating, I'm assuming, is sort of... Factory raised, or is it not? I don't well, know. That I don't know, but I know the majority of lamb in the U.S. is either comes in from Australia or New Zealand, mm-hmm. and often, <clears throat> and there are some producers of domestic lamb, and that tastes a lot different than any of the lamb you get from New Zealand or Australia. And without a doubt, appropriately used, domestic lamb is a lot less gamey. Uh, without knowing the fact why, specific to what feed's going on, it's definitely a more mild lamb flavor than you get mm. from what's often brought in. Like if you, we're learning, uh, it's yeah, coming so in, like coming so in hot. But like if you get like a rack of lamb at Whole Foods and it, it'll say country of origin because that's required. You know, if it's from New Zealand or Australia, you're gonna get a much stronger lamb flavor. And lamb in general is a meat. Intrinsically, people can be less into because of its its natural flavor. Sure, and texture, of course. Mm-hmm. That's what comes down to a lot of the gaming. It's, it's just typically texture. Yeah. All right. Good. Yep. I think we learned something yeah, was, there. That was great. All right, Michael. Dick. Um, well, Stewie, do you got one? We'll, we'll go a round table. A, a question? Maybe well, just a tips. Tips. Let's got some see. tips. Noob tips. Rookie cookies. It, to me, it's, it's, it's always it's gonna be those kitchen essentials for me. Uh, after, if I had to tell the, you know, the fifteen-year-old version of me what all I would need, it's just like a, a ten-inch chef knife. Yep. A good cutting board. What kind of cutting board? Uh, one 
plastic one wood because you'll notice you're going to beat your knife up. Also, like, find a good uh, knife sharpener. Ross Cutlery. Ross Cutlery. That's, Been mentioned on the show before. Down. Yeah, that's your go-to. In and Los Angeles. In Los Angeles. In Los Angeles. Sure. Yes. Otherwise, just we have a global audience, you guys. And a diamond honer. That's always really good <clears> to, <throat> to keep it up. But uh, the the wood is great for for fast chop. You, it's like a, it's like when you're drumming. Because the way I hold it in my hand, it feels like you would hold a hold a drumstick. And like, and it's a tap 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 tap. And that's really hard to get that rhythm going on a wood cutting board, or especially if it's really thin and chintzy. Even if, or sorry, it's really hard to get on a plastic cutting right. board. You want it on a nice thick cutting block. And you 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 knock the the cutting board, and it has you know. There's a there's a, a ring to it, yeah, and that really translates to the quick. Or chop, you could chop, liken chop, it chop, to chop, adjusting the action on your guitar, yeah. In terms, you know, like an electric guitar, super low action, easy to do some sweet <laughs> harmonics. Yeah. That would, that would be akin to like a very high quality wood cutting block where you can really brrr, chop it up. I see. And then like a big dumb nylon string mm-hmm. acoustic guitar, something like the plastic, but. You know, time and a place for both. They're yeah. great, and you can get those. Those plastics are good because you get a nice big cutting board. It seems silly to have this massive one, but you'd be surprised. It just you start running out of space in that little cutting board, and I just get really claustrophobic. Like we were cooking at our mom's house last night, and she puts this little ten-inch circle. I'm like, ah, I'm already like, there yeah. goes my one <clears throat> carrot. Just fill this whole cutting board, <laughs> and I'm used to cooking at kitchens where I have a whole surface. I've got you know eight yeah. feet of a right. white. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and and I and need your real so estate. I like, to, I like to spread out. Got it. You don't want to absorb any of the flavors like a wood block will. Yeah, yeah. I like, yeah. To, I like a lot to more use, maintenance on a wood block. I like, exactly. I like to use the wood for it. chopping vegetables and stuff like that, and then the plastic one for more garlic, ginger. <clears throat> no, maybe the the plastic one I use more for like meats and poultry and seafood and stuff like just stuff that. Just to keep one, keep them separated. You gotta yeah. keep them separated. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So one for the stuff that could spread bacteria, even though plastic, mm. and arguably is a a harbor for that thing. And, that thing. And yeah. always a damp kitchen towel underneath whatever you're chopping on. It helps. Yeah, that's real nice. Okay. Time. Unless your cutting board has little feet on it, then you're probably fine. Yeah, yeah. If, if it doesn't have feet, like a, not necessarily like a butcher block, really borderline. Yeah. But It'll, yeah, under the little plastic one, that thing slips and slides, yeah. especially when water gets underneath it. Yeah. If you have, if your service that you place it on is isn't porous, it's gonna slide everywhere and ugh, it's yeah. Honest. If you it's don't sketchy. have rubber feet on whatever cutting block you're using, first thing you do, kitchen towel, a little bit of water, lay it down. That's like before you even pick up a knife because it will slip and it also will feel better while you're chopping. Before with you even turn it. NPR on, <laughs> before you put <laughs> on tall tails. Also, a great trick too is if you. Um, if you're those canning jars, the ball jars, yep. you have those little rubber circles, the, <clears throat> the gaskets. You put four of those down, you're styling. It's a great trick. My mind is blown. It works great. I've never yeah. done that. I bet that all, works they're, perfect. They're more or less the same height. You won't get a, a crease. You get a, get a yeah, you just put them yeah, in yeah, each yeah. corner. Plus, like, if you're <clears throat> round, you know, you, I could have used that towel for other purposes. In terms so. of DJing, it's like putting the, exactly. uh, wrapping the duct tape roll with rubber bands and putting each Classic. corner of the turntable mm-hmm. into a shock Classic, absorb. Mate. Gotcha. Um, okay, so we've got the 10-inch chef's knife. Make sure you get a nice one. I have a, a global knife that Global's Andre got me. It's the best because that's right hand, left hand, and it, it I've, I've, 
as it holds an edge for a long time. Because that's the thing. If you're big fan of global knives, if you're cooking at home, it's you a don't, good daily driver. You don't want to have to get it sharpened on the regs. <laughs> nah. So that's it's the Honda Accord of knives. It's a Honda. It'll never let you down. No, no, no. It's a little bit better. Like it's, it, better it's better. Okay. Like an Acura. Acura. No, like an Acura. It's, no, it's got to be something. Because not a lot of people drive Acuras. All right. Um, What's it going to be? Uh, not a Prius. What's it going to be? Subaru. Subaru. Yeah. <laughs> Subaru. Yeah. Maybe like uh Okay. It's a four-wheel driver. Maybe just like a like a BMW 5 Series, I would say. Wow. Three Series. <laughs> three, okay, three Series. All right. It'll, well, yeah, it's. I mean, it's a great knife for 100 for if, bucks. If you're, you if you're driving knife. a Lambo, it's not going to turn your head. No. But, you know, if you have a Ginsu, you're going to be like, what is that? Hello. Hello. Okay. Yeah. So a nice chef's knife, a nice uh, sharpening, honing steel. Yep. Yeah. Proper. Couple, couple cutting boards. Yeah, always go bigger than you think you're going to need. It seems real massive. And once you lay it down, like on this kitchen table, like thank God I have all Especially this. Especially if space. you have a small kitchen. Yeah. And if you're uh, if you're starting out yeah. cooking, you probably do have a small kitchen. It's funny, Andre's here because you're poor. Because <laughs> I mean, for learning wise, <laughs> Jacques Pepin. Oh yeah, his cookbooks are so spot on. I, I and good, the, the DVD series the are DVD uh, fantastic. If you can I know find you're that. About yeah, that. I like that you call him Pepin. Jacques Pepin. I mean, he's Pepin. He's French. Uh, and then I found that so the the greatest school for the culinary arts is CIA. Boom. You just go on Amazon and get their textbooks, and it has other than Jacques books. I've never seen it. Like how to break down a chicken, it all just laid out yeah. just so simply. Cool. And it's massive, and you can beat it up, and it's a good price. Those are it's great just for the staples. You're like, I want to make hollandaise. Like, you can get them used too. I mean, they'll be used on Amazon for great price. That's for a great price. Cool forever. Also, parlay this. They're gonna do a lot of getting a, a good kitchen scale. It's nice. Okay. Because once you get those books, they're they're. The recipes start in a high quality, so you could scale it down. So literally, you can use that scale. High quantity. Thank you. High quantity. Thank you. This is a beer. Also high quality, though. And, and high quality. Ironically. This is yeah. very high quality recipe. It's best recipe. Best yeah, recipe for, cook, some of those, for meat cooking. Some of those recipes are going to be massive. You have to you know, scale it down. So hopefully right. your yeah, math, it'll be, your math you game know, strong. Serves eight, and you're like, to 22. Math game solid? Like, I don't have that many <laughs> math friends. Math game solid. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing I've learned, you know. Breaking down those fractions from scaling down those recipes for just me and me and my lady. <laughs> well, literally buy a scale; it's great. Also, the little scale, mm-hmm. that little weed scale you have, use a slang <laughs> on the on the side. Yeah. Now you can use that for coffee. You make coffee at home. Boom. That's a good starter. Build okay. your confidence. Like learn how to dial in good coffee. Yeah. Six, yeah. Absolutely. Sixteen to one ratio across the board. That's that's what grinder. you need to know. Get a good grinder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One ounce of coffee to sixteen ounces yeah. of water. Okay. Sixteen to one ratio across the board. Any any method. All right, Andre. Kitchen best. essentials for starting up. Essentials, equipment wise or technique or whatever, whatever I want to go with. Equipment wise. Equipment wise. Um, I think the first thing you need, arguably chicken before the egg. Either way, good, good chef's knife, just like we talked about, but also really good pans. And you don't need a lot to cook. You can get crazy, and as you cook more, buy more in shapes and sizes. But if you have a ten to twelve, a really nice ten to twelve inch skillet, mm-hmm. stainless, all clad, with a lid, there's very few things you can't make in that thing. So true. And the way it distributes heat, and the way it heats evenly, and it can go in the oven. If you're going to spend sixty dollars for a Califon, 
you can spend 180 with a lid for an all-clad and have that literally for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. I, and that, I, I say that and without, I mean, I've also tried to do things as cheaply as possible because money matters. But when I think it's really hard to imagine owning something in this culture for the rest of your life. And there are kitchen products that you can do that with. And I think all-clad or other high-end stainless pans mm-hmm. will do that. You will use them forever. Yeah. And I think it's a really worthwhile investment. If you're really getting into food and you have a little bit of money, if you go on to Amazon or even Craigslist and look for like a four or $500 all-clad starter kit, it will be, next to a good knife, the single best investment mm-hmm. you can for your yeah. cooking future, period. And it's a lot of money to drop at once. But it really will carry you through your cooking career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you maintain it correctly, even if you don't maintain it I mean, very it's well. It's not that yeah, hard to keep up. It's nothing. You dry it. You can get some bartender's friend if you want to get some of those oil spots out that don't even affect the cooking. If you want it to shine, it's really easy to keep shiny. Mm-hmm. But it, I, I cannot say enough how how much your cooking will change for the better with the right pans. Because eventually you'll end up blowing money. You buy a nice cut of, of beef. Right. They, yeah, anything, yeah, yeah. And then Absolutely. you have this pan that it, the heat isn't distributed properly. It's this chintzy little aluminum thing, yeah. and you've ruined it. And I think, uh, even to me, more importantly, you can be doing everything right in a bad pan yeah. and fuck it up and then be really discouraged because you're like, wait, I thought... I did this perfectly. I let the oil smoke. I should be searing spot on. And then a really poor quality pan will ruin that and make you second guess yourself, especially when you're starting out. Yeah. Plus, the stainless steel, you can throw in the oven. You can throw in the broiler. You don't have to worry about it. There's like some weird paint. 100%. With a nonstick. Plastic plastic handle. Yeah, that's the fucking devil right there. That's sketchy. And you're going to slip. Yeah. How do you season. A cast iron, Ooh. and how important is that? That's a, that's a long discussion. And okay, it is essential to using cast iron. Sure. For I mean, sure. if you don't have, have cast to... iron well seasoned, it just it's not going to cook. Period for you, basically. Okay. Well, yeah, I think uh, you would, you have more. I have a lot of cast iron. Um, <clears throat> your best resource is going on YouTube, right? Because it, it's a process that you kind of want to look at. Yeah, and it's important to do it properly it's really important to do it properly it's not that hard but okay. it is slightly time intensive yep and it's one of those things where if you get if you if you mess up or if it if you feel like it's not cooking right because it's not seasoned well you just do it over and it's not okay. that big of a deal okay yeah. so but you can't ruin your, your no, cast no. iron right. the best cast okay. iron i've ever gotten is either wagner or a lot of the old brands lodge is great but it comes with a vegetable seasoning on it that they do at the factory uh-huh. that I think is nowhere near as good. Okay. So I, I, if I get a new piece of cast iron that's Lodge, I'll, take, uh, I'll spray it with oven cleaner and put it in a plastic bag for a day. Uh, that will strip all the seasoning off of it completely. Got it. And then you take oh, that shit. out. Uh, you need to wash it with soap and water and cold water because that will keep it from rusting quickly. Then you dunk it in vinegar, which will neutralize anything from that oven cleaner that you get. Right. And then you heat that immediately at a medium flame. Uh, on a, hopefully, you have a gas gas stove. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at a medium temperature to completely stove. evaporate all the water that you just got from rinsing it. Got it. And then a layer of Crisco. Yep. Is the uh, by far what I've found to be the best seasoning. Okay. Uh, so you would heat it up for five minutes at medium, then rub Crisco on it. You'll see the color change to like a light black. Uh, and then put that into the oven upside down. 
uh, at 350 Holy for shit. Like two hours. For this I've, yeah, I've done a lot okay, of cast right. iron seasoning. Okay, two hours. Two yeah. hours, pull it out, let it dry, and then do it all over again minus the washing and stripping. So then you'll let it sit, cool down to room temperature, put it back on the Damn. oven, let it get hot, rub it down with some Crisco, let it cool, put it back in the oven, upside down, repeat, do about three or four times, and if you maintain it, that's it. the seasoning will last a very God. long time. Remember when you when you guys wrote an album? That was less work than this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but on another note, Andre Conaparo, podcast M- food MVP. That yeah. was fantastic. I got the right. I got a, suck I got my a, dick every other food podcast. <laughs> I got a soft pitch thrown at me. That was Jeez. great. The seasoning Damn. I do know I how to see. do on cast iron, but. Uh, I like again, it. Again, if you buy cast iron from Sir Latav or something, Lodge, the seasoning's not going to work the way you hear people talk about because that, that seasoning from the factory is not going to do what you want it to to an extent. Right. It's, it's kind of tacky. You can feel it. Exactly. That's exactly it. That's um, the It's kind of like when you're – like once you get it going a little bit, it kind of works its way out. It's kind of like it's, – it's, for me, it's kind of like a yo-yo. Like once you got a little bit of – Momentum going like every time you cook something on it, bacon in there. you let it cool down, you wipe it with a paper towel, and then there's a there's a little bit of fat on there, there's a little bit of remnants on there, and like every time you use it, it gets easier and easier, and it so gets to the point. So you don't wash a cast iron skillet as you would. Um, one? you can, but some people some people say. Now. That a little cold water and a little soap is okay if you absolutely have to. It's a terrible idea. <laughs> I've heard a lot of reputable people say that is okay, if need be. Halfway crooks. It's just so easy to clean it with a with a paper towel. Well, I. But yeah. one reason why you would have to do that is one reason why you should have multiple cast irons, mm-hmm. because if you're doing something like cooking fish on it. That can leave a gnarly smell and odor and undesirable right. flavor that would get into whatever else you're going to cook. Yeah. You should have a separate cast iron for those kinds of things. And then That's a separate one for Maybe because they're using that whack-ass factory <laughs> on it. But, um, hey, I've, I've heard I've, you know, the Alton Browns and right, other right, gnarly right, people right. saying, like, if you absolutely have to, it's not going to kill your pan not to it. lightly hit it with a little soap and cold water well, and then reseason it. Amazon, you can get on Amazon for $4. Lodge makes plastic scrapers that I find is the best way to clean. If you're doing something really high heat in a cast iron on the stovetop or in the oven, like under a broiler, that leaves those kind of those caramelized, burnt, leftover fat bits from steak or whatever. Uh, a scraper will not remove the seasoning. We'll take that stuff off really easy. And then just cold water and a scraper, a uh, paper towel, and then a little bit of oil. Yeah, yeah I, I usually just and you're done. I usually just treat it like a, like a barbecue grill. Got it. Like yeah, while exactly. it's heating up, like the first the first minute or two while it's heating up, where it's still kind of warm, the oil that's on there is not burning hot, but it's warm enough to have unsolidified. Just wad up a paper towel with tongs and just smear it around yeah. and and just and keep doing that until it stops being black on your paper towel, and then. You know, then you're good to go. And don't forget to season the bottom as yeah. well on the back because that it's will rust and that'll bum you out and it will pit. So you don't want that. Just you like want a knife. Exactly <clears throat> like a knife. You have to take good care of your knife too. Don't, you know, I've never some, washed my undercarriage on the cast iron. Just get some steel wool and a grinding wheel. And you cl- <laughs> that's how you clean that bad yeah, boy up. For all of our beginners out there, all you need <laughs> yeah. to get into cooking is buy a grinding wheel. <laughs> 
Well, <laughs> what do you specifically see yourself cooking? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess Great a, question, a cut of uh, like a fillet. Mm-hmm. You know, so the cast iron season's gonna help right. a lot. Right, that's crucial. First off, you shouldn't be cooking fillets. Yeah, <laughs> get with ribeye. Okay, uh, no, but yeah, maybe, yeah, but yeah. No, you tell want me. It. Some people prefer a fillet. My dad likes a fillet. What's yeah, yeah? Why? You get less flavor. Yeah, no, I always. I, Far, you get I, better tech, you get I'm not a fillet fan, really. It's farther I, off the bone. I do want to. Yeah, right. Okay, I get that. I do want it when I go to a steakhouse, like not be like. An idiot in order, like, because you know when it's like going to a sushi so. spot and, and ordering the, like something in the the sushi chef's like, oh right, right. Ugh, like, like you don't. I feel that doesn't really happen at a steakhouse. At a sushi place, if you say I want the dynamite avocado <laughs> right. caterpillar rainbow thingy, right? If I then see fried zucchini on a menu. I'm gonna get fried zucchini. I don't care <laughs> where I am. You're probably in Newport if you're going to get a <laughs> But in, in terms of steak, I, yeah, there, I don't think no one's bone. going to really discriminate. But okay. I would say for me, and a lot of people would agree, like a, a ribeye steak is, is the best you can get. Okay. In Good. terms of flavor. Yep. Just straight up flavor. It's just real pretty too. Yeah. yeah. You get a T-bone, porterhouse, New York, ribeye. Close to the bone as you can. Yep. Yeah, because even though the filet is a nice cut, there's a very small amount of fat on there. Got it. So... And that's where all the flavor's at. Okay. But it does have, if you like a soft texture, that is the move. That is the move. But, or you can just get a thick, thick ribeye and get the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of the real key for when you're having steaks is you got to have them be thick. Otherwise, yeah, it dry. it's just going to be a bummer. you finish in that oven. Yeah, or yeah, finish in the oven. But like, in which case, the cast iron really helps. Big time. Yeah, but when you, yeah, like, because if you go to like a Trader Joe's or something like that or a Ralph's and you get, you see like a nice ribeye, even if you sear it with a cast iron that's like been heating up for five hours, just like it's about to light your house on fire, it's so hot. Right. And you put a ribeye in there and you put it down, you know, 30 seconds on one side, 30 seconds on the other side, fling it off onto a plate, it's still going to be. Overcooked just because it's you know half an inch thick or three Got quarters it. of an inch thick or whatever. Yeah, that's a really hard piece of meat to cook. You so you even it. if it's a beautiful ribeye with great marbling, Let's, nice fat, and it looks awesome, it's still you still need to have that. You need to have a, a thick one to get that right cook on it. So go somewhere that sells thick steaks, or ask a butcher wherever you're getting to have them cut them to order. And say, give me that thick one. And it's easier, instead of getting two thin ones, just get one thick one that you, you know, True. split with your, with your significant other. Got it. Or, you know, four people. You know, just get, instead of getting four steaks or two steaks, just get one big-ass steak and split it with everybody. Yeah, get those sides. You don't really want that much, you know? I th- right. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's, there's a buying guide to steak, too. Where I think I think we get thrown off sometimes by like sticker shock on steak. Like if you go to McCall's, which is a really high end butcher shop in Los Feliz, or Del, Del Campo Meats down at uh, Grand Central Market, you look at something that costs twenty two bucks per pound, and you're like, "Oh, that is ridiculous," because Albertson sells New Yorks when they're on sale for four ninety nine a pound. The the difference is light years. <clears throat> the treatment of the animal and the quality of the meat is light years away. But also, we shouldn't be eating that much meat. Yeah, that's a you shouldn't, lot of you, meat. You shouldn't be planning for each guest to have a half pound of steak. Right. Like a quarter pound of steak is enough. 
And if you're, if you're eating red meat once a week, hopefully, uh-huh. or not too much more often, if you get a flat iron steak, beautiful piece of steak, say it's 17, 18 bucks a pound, that's like a $6 steak for your dinner. Right. If you're eating, a, I think, what's a, and you got a an reasonable exquisite steak for $6. Quality over quantity when it comes to steak, got always. It. And it, it doesn't mean that because you've got so much money, you can spend 30 bucks on a T-bone. But if you're having not that often and eating a responsible amount of meat, you, you can spend that much, and, and it's, a, it's a world of difference. Yeah. I mean, even with the, uh, even with the a ribeye, like the ribeye that I got and I had, um, I cooked it on New Year's, it was $36 a pound. And I got one that was a pound, and we s- split it with four people. That's New Year's, and it was goes four ways. That's I mean, yeah, it's completely reasonable. It's like what what thirty? It's like eleven bucks a person, or no, 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 nine bucks a person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, for like you're not going to for get a any quality better. of steak that mm-hmm. is better. That's right. it's unmatched. Better than, aged, better than most restaurants. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. Yeah, suck at restaurants. <laughs> and then all I have to do is buy a $200 sous vide machine, and then you're good to go. And you're just saving pennies left and right. Tell you ask your mom for it for Christmas, bro. <laughs> Boom. Hey, just get a sous vide for Christmas, you dummy. Okay. Hey, what else do you like to cook? It's like the simple stuff. Yeah, you know, this is what do I've done. Like is hummus or right. things like hummus. that? I'm, I'm sort of into uh, the concept of um, uh, doing well. Um, like perfecting very simple things that people overlook. So, for example, I spent a lot of time this last year learning how to do a proper scrambled egg and a poached egg. Wow, I was hoping nice. you say that because that's that's what you want to do. Right. So, I mean, yeah, I'm just taking it pretty easy. Well, there's a but, few different ways to do yeah, it. Every, that's right. the thing. I've worked breakfast my whole life in restaurants, and mm-hmm. realized like there is like that is a such subjective thing. You have right. like do you have the proper French way to do it? But like I'm not French. Right. You know, just make it the way right, you right, like right, to right, make right, it. Right, right, right. Make it well. Yeah. It's the difficult thing to do is to do something over and over and yeah. over again. So to master your version yeah. is a lot of fun. But to learn a new way is great fun. But I think the anecdote is that a lot of chefs, when somebody comes in to, to come in and be interviewed for a job, the first thing they'll ask you is to make an omelet for them. Yeah. Right. It, but even it, scrambled eggs, I mean, is, is not that eggs, out of the question. Sure. Poaching egg, right. yeah, basically the egg is 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 the simplest, but it's it's. I mean, I wouldn't say it's the hardest, but kind of. You know who's right. got a dank soft scramble? The intrepid host, Jason Stewart. Jason Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> I love a soft scramble. <laughs> I like I like doing a I like doing a quick soft scramble though. Because there's a lot of people who do the soft scramble where you put it on super, super low heat and it takes you like a half an hour to do it. Want a double boiler? Either double boiler or just put it on like super low heat, like two out of ten, and right. have it have the process take twenty or thirty minutes. And I think that's just stupid. Right. And also, I mean, what are you gonna? There's no. It's just dumb. Straight it depends up. Depends on the big batch you're doing. If you, right. um, yeah, if you're doing, yeah, that's true. But I, I feel like if you just have it on like medium high heat. Put some butter in there. Watch it. Put in your eggs. Immediately take it off the heat. Like a risotto. Is what yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. I mean, you're, you're basically using it like... Uh, I got to crawl before you walk, dog. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. This is... This risotto is... Risotto is... This uh, is what... Beast. Like the, on, the, on the, um, the, the tutorial that I saw, they kept on comparing doing a scramble to a risotto. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I've never... Yeah, I've I guess never it, it is similar, butter. except for the, the, the scramble... You know, you could soft scramble an egg 
in 60 seconds, mm-hmm. and a risotto takes you know half an hour, yeah. 45 minutes. Whoa, really? It, quick, well, quick risotto tip though that will take 90 percent of the problems out of it is whatever liquid you're using, always have it hot. So if you're yeah. adding chicken stock, if you're adding vegetable stock, keep whatever you're burner. using, keep it on a burner, keep it at a high temperature so you don't cool down the rice. Yeah, and then add gradually. If it calls for two cups, don't dump two cups no, wait, of yeah, your you water. Go. Slowly go. stirring. Wood exactly. Handle. If you follow those two rules and you're tasting along the way, That's big. It, it, it will make a very decent risotto, even if you right. fuck some things up. Oh, and the thing that people always use is when you like the risotto, I always think white wine. Mm-hmm. Buy nice white wine. Spend like 10 Pro bucks. Tip. Don't just say that, that crappy... Like two buck chuck, it's gonna taste like two buck chuck because it's rice. It's so mm, I love two buck chuck. It sucks up all that that nasty wine flavor. Like Got cooking it. wine, like you can use the good stuff. You should use the good stuff. It's just it. use You'll what you're it. drinking. It's like the same as it's not gonna call for yeah. more than a cup exactly. of wine at right. the, at, unless you're cooking for mm-hmm. unless you're doing a banquet, it's, it's, uh, which uh, I am sometimes. Three quarters <laughs> of a glass of wine is gonna be missing from your nice bottle that you're drinking. It, you know, it doesn't take much use at all. It. And it goes a long way. Anyways, back to the scramble, you guys. (laughs) Um, Use more butter than you think you should. Yeah. Don't put salt on the eggs until it's almost done. Don't don't ever salt the eggs beforehand. Right. Um, Pull your eggs out of the fridge. Okay. Before you cook them, ideally, if you have enough time, you know, pull them out an hour before. Okay. As well. Personally. Butter as well, okay. I guess. Not super necessary compared to the egg, but uh, yeah, it that's helps. good. Yeah. And um, if you faster. if you don't, one one thing I do if 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 you don't have time to pull the eggs up before, like if it's in the morning, I'll I'll heat up the pan and then put the eggs just like on the stove in a little bowl, exactly. like next to the burner, just so they warm up a little bit. Got it. Because the closer they are to room temperature, the more evenly they'll cook. So amazing. Melt, melt the butter in the pan, nonstick. Get a rubber spatula. That's a big one too. Which is pretty key. Okay. To get underneath there, you don't want like a big high wall wooden spoon or wooden spatula. Yeah. You want to use the you want to use the uh, rubber too, spatula to really get in all the nooks and crannies. And it'll be like, you know, it'll be like smearing paint or like, yeah. like if you're like doing a brick wall or something like, like that. You trial, should be able to yeah. just like everything. Right. And then. Uh, Make sure your eggs are whisked thoroughly. Do it for at least a minute until they're very thoroughly combined. And then once once the butter's melted, throw the eggs in and pull the pan off the heat. And then skill in one hand, spatula in the other hand, and just keep keep working it, keep working it. And then once the once the pan cools down, put it back on the heat. You know, kiss it for three seconds, pull it back off, stir it around, and just keep doing that, keep doing that. And when it looks like you're about um, you know, 30 seconds away from it being where you want to. You're done because it'll keep cooking in the pan. Got it. And okay. Just keep stirring that until it hits your desired level, mm-hmm. and then straight into a bowl so it stops cooking. And the whole, I mean, you can get a really nice soft scramble that has like some runny parts, some harder parts, some medium parts, yep. which is kind of how I like it, instead of just one like soft kind of mush. Right. And you know, if you do it the right way, you know, you can do it in 30 seconds. Awesome. Don't be afraid to take it off the heat. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, because it's impossible to control otherwise. Got it. It's the only way to It'll do it. It'll just so overcook. Fast. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah, I mean, it's there's too many variables. Like the pan, the stove, you know, there's a thousand different pans, there's a thousand different stoves, yep, there's a thousand different egg. ways, you know, different eggs. There's there's too many That's things true. that can go wrong that you have to take it off the stove and and just hit it when you need to. <laughs> hit it when you need to. Also, I forgot to mention before I forget, in the context of buying nice things for your kitchen, Bed Bath & Beyond carries a lot of nice stuff, including all clad. And Global Knives, those 20% coupons off cool. do not expire. <laughs> Just saying. I learned that on I've Broad hit, City. I've hit them hard they don't expire. many times. That's good. Um, all right. Well, I think, I think we have a good... Do you have, a, do you have one final question, MD? Yeah, I have a, a philosophical question. Mm. Sort ah, of. This mm-hmm. is a good final question. Yeah, well, okay, so I guess it starts... I, I, I want to know if you guys are fans of salt and vinegar chips. Very much so. Okay. Yes. So, probably my favorite. So, it took me years, but yes. Now, my question is uh, to parallel with music, I feel like as I um, learn to appreciate music and I get older, I appreciate subtleties in music. But what I find uh, with people who are into food. You're finally getting into Eno? Well, they just get more into like more explosive flavors as they. Uh, get oh, okay. further into cooking like and bombs. eating, and so it's like to me, salt and vinegar is like the dubstep of, of eating. <laughs> Whoa. You know what I mean? It seems it's, it's beating you over the head yeah. with, with its flavor. It's right. making yeah, okay, okay. And so you know, it's just interesting to me. Like I, I actually like it too, but I'm just wondering if like if it's a thing to huh. to to get to uh, enjoy subtleties in food as you. That's the get great, your palate. That's the greatest part. That's that's what separates a good palate from a great palate. Right. That's like beer tasting, wine tasting. The differences from from cheeses from a blue is it versus Roquefort versus Maytag. Like that's that's it. That's right. that's that's how I can know that you know what's up. Is if you've had the time, the years, the reps, like the years of listening to music and 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 picking out. The subtleties. Yep. As if you've eaten it, you've drank it. Can you tell this Merlot from that Merlot, from this oak, from that oak, from this bourbon, this whiskey? That's 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 the most fascinating part to me by far. Right. Are the subtleties? <clears throat> but I would say since everybody eats all the time, and not everybody is a music person, mm-hmm. the, the people who share their the the skill of being able to pick up on the subtleties in food also. Like the dubsteps of food right. just as much. Whereas as a music listener, if I'm listening to some very heady, out there, crazy song that most people would not be into, I would not also be like down for Britney Spears. Interesting, right? But I, I think like, for every food person who's like a crazy aficionado or snob, or like I can appreciate the subtlety teasing this turnip reduction, blah 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 blah, with whatever sauce. If you said, hey, do you like Cheetos? They'd be like, fuck yeah, I like Cheetos. Right. Or like, hey, do you like a ham sandwich with American yeah, cheese? Totally. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I love that, man. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah, it's interesting to me that the people that I know that are really into food are not really snobby about it. It's um, like... Yeah. I, I think, well, it's I think people that, that you probably like who are really into food are right. snobby about <laughs> right. it. That's unless, certainly... unless you're the kind of person who grew up with parents who did not let you have all those foods that, to where you have the nostalgic... Right. right connection to which you might be a part of Andre. Yeah, nostalgia is the big thing in music and food for me right plus you just said people who really like food 
Yeah. Or that's, that's different right. than people who yeah. really know food. Yeah, that's, that's a true. Big difference. Right. Oh yeah, that's, that's true. That's a huge difference. Yeah. I like baseball with team. You know, I know baseball things. You know, it's, right. It's a big difference. Yeah. That's that's yeah. I mean, there's a lot of there are people out there who like food a million times more than Rene Redzepi. Uh huh. But they don't know anything about food, you know. Got there's, it. there's an obese person in Iowa right yeah, now right. who loves food so much more than Jacques Papin. <laughs> right. But he just eats Arby's. But I, I think. But his palate's totally blown out. I think it also mm-hmm. comes down to quantity, too, when you're talking about, like, you know, with solving your chips being the example, that's it's, to a certain degree, it's a processed food. Right, you know, in the sense that the flavoring they're using, even if it's natural salt and vinegar, as opposed to what you're talking about doing a turn-up reduction. With, <laughs> so you're you're looking for different flavors, profiles, right? In something that's like really big and umami and huge, like a potato chip loaded, is not going to be the same thing as trying to bring out something really natural that exists in one single ingredient. Yeah. And there's a time and place for both, but you're going to be doing you're going to be using a lot less with something that strong like salt and vinegar. You can see a salt and vinegar. You can see a salt and vinegar chip as a component on a plate, right? Uh, but it's not an ingredient. But you'll get like two. Exactly. Got it for sure. Because that's yeah. do that's a little creme fresh, your, a little caviar on the salt and vinegar. That'll mm, be your acid, pops. you know. Like that's all it takes. You Bang. just want the right. one, you know. Got it. So or like a Tostitos medium nacho cheese dip with the salt and vinegar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just a nice subtle mm-hmm. brisk flavor whisks you away. You had a you had a closing remark, Connor. No, I think this was or such just a remark, remark. This was such a good closing conversation. But I, there was one thing about if you're being new to food, that can be intimidating. Like if you're a baby, when you're weeding off the bottle and you're ready for a, for your peas. I think letting your pan and your oil get hot enough is something that takes a lot of experience. Oh. And is I think probably like one of the most important baselines to cooking. Being able to know when your oil's hot for a good sear and when you can start frying with. And I, I think that's something you can pay attention to. Yeah. And going back to that, that the Culinary Institute book, that will be something at temperatures. There will it'll be pictures. But you know, knowing right, paying attention to right when the oil yeah. starts to smoke and knowing the difference between a smoking hot oil and a burnt smoking oil. Yeah. And looking at that and gauging that. And some of that takes... Uh, experience, but more it just takes attention. It, it's just all your senses. It's a timing thing. From all the oils are different. Butter is different from olive oil, which is different from yeah. safflower oil, sunflower oil. But it really comes down to to the timing, and that's the hardest part. Like when do I add the carrots versus the onions so that you know they all are even? It's timing. Right. And I th- that's a big thing to learn. You gotta get reps. And I think yeah. with proteins, you know, I think a lot of people are going to start with something like. Um, something like a, a steak or a chicken thigh or you know something that you want crispy, seared, and not sticking to a pan to remember that you need to towel off after, like before you salt and season. You want to towel off and get that meat as dry as possible before you add it to hot oil or mm-hmm. to a hot pan and add the oil onto that protein. But that's, those, those are very basic things that will kind of ruin your dish and discourage you again from making separate something. a sad piece of cooked meat yeah from a good one a chicken skin stuck to a pan that's ruining the presentation and the crispness and the and the delivery of it in the end yes i agree yeah there's so many times where i've i've put a, a pan on cranked up the heat because i'm about to sear something 
and then go, you know, do something else, chop something, go get back. Get a text. Get a text, do an Insta, <laughs> whatever it may be. And then I look back in the pan, and you'll see, like, it's too, it's too far. Like, it, it's, it hits a moment where you're like, I now have to turn the, take this pan off the heat. Dump the oil. Let it cool down, dump the oil, clean it all out. Yep. And start and over it's from worth scratch. doing. And that's a skill to learn to, to, learn to start over. Right. Yeah. Like you've Absolutely. Got this, I've just yeah, started. You have to cut I, your burn, I burn these onions. Oh, that that garlic is 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 toasted. Like, do I plow through? No. No. You just throw it away. Right. And start over. And one way of getting in that habit is buying quality ingredients because you'll be much more careful not to fuck them up. So got if it. you have, if you go and spend thirty dollars on a steak that you're about to share with your girlfriend or whoever it might be. Maybe that side chick. <laughs> if, for you. Or your boyfriend, ladies. Your boyfriend and his side chick. If you have a weird thing going on. Whoever it may be, you have to... You're, you're going to be like, I really want to make this go well. And you're not going to half-ass do it. You're, you're, you're going to really pay attention to it. You're going to watch your oil like a hawk. When you're going to know it's at the perfect moment, you're going to dry the meat off. You're going to season it correctly. You're going to have all of your stuff within arm's reach. And you're going to cook it just the way you want to. Right. And you're going to get better results. But, blah. Blah. Yeah. This was illuminating. <laughs> this was fun. Great. Well, thank you for doing this, Michael. Thanks for having we me. We hope uh, if you're listening at home, you enjoyed this pod. We're going to do this every week. Um, every week. And we switch to a new day that it's going to come out on. It's going to come out on Saturday mornings now. Perfect. Instead of Thursdays, Saturday mornings is the day where all the other a lot of food podcasts come out. Um, good eats or good food on KCRW and some Coming other ones. For you. We're coming for you, Evan. <laughs> my my homie Evan, clean man. Uh, yeah. So thank you for listening. If you uh, if you did like this, please tell a friend. You can subscribe on iTunes, rate it, and give it a nice review. That's all we ask, and thank you for listening, and we'll see you guys next week. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at them jeans. Michael David is in a band called Classics. That's with two S's and two X's, and they are based in L.A. They are an awesome band, one of my faves. Check them out, and mm-hmm. you're on Twitter. At Classics. At Classics. So send him a tweet and say, hey, great job on the pod. Andre Conaparo has no social media and no way to contact him, as always. And my brother... I deleted my Instagram just the other day. (laughs) Bang. He deleted his Instagram. You can find him on Twitter at... Stewie Stewart. Stewie Stewie Stewart. Stewart. There ain't no U in there. That's an EW, y'all. Just like the podcast. All right, great. Well, thank you for listening, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye.